0: Welcome to the first episode of TechSess. I'm your host, Mark Riddell, and I'm very, very excited to be launching our brand new podcast, which is aimed at helping your business become more successful through using the right technologies. In this episode, what I want to do is take things right back to basics. Technology is often sometimes seen as something very technical, very complicated, and difficult to understand. I just want to take some time to focus on six things that I think that businesses need to get right in order to be off on the right foot with technology. So make sure you're starting from a good place. Those things are good internet connection, good phone system, the right email solution, somewhere to store your data and back all that data up, and of course, cybersecurity. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to talk about each of these things why it's important that you get these things right, how to get them right, and maybe some of the pitfalls that we've seen businesses get wrong and make mistakes when it comes to some of the basic technologies that businesses need to have. So first of all, I think we need to recognise that all businesses are digital these days. I don't think there's many industries that can really operate without having good internet connectivity. The top industries that actually need internet connections are the wholesale manufacturing, and retail. Those are the top three industries that rely on internet connectivity to pretty much do all of their business. Of course, there's some industries that can get away without having such good internet connections these days, but that's becoming less and less and less. One fact that actually I was quite still surprised about is that 37% of UK businesses are still running on less than 30 megabytes of internet connectivity. Now, most people at home have a much better internet connection than that so to run a business on such a slow internet connection is still proving difficult and certainly we've got a lot of customers that we see are struggling with poor internet connectivity just due to their location of course with the rise of the reliance of having good internet connectivity in your business comes the need to have some sort of backup or failover solution because you know certainly with the move to cloud services and things you know data storage going in the cloud etc and people not having servers on premise having access to cloud services becomes really critical then so if you've only got one internet connection and of course that internet connection goes down for whatever reason you could find yourself with a number of days without having access to your cloud services. Of course, the benefit with cloud services is that staff can go home or go to another location and get access you know, to the same services as long as you have an internet connection. But if you're relying on accessing that data and those services from your office, then you need to make sure that you're going to have some sort of internet connection. As the years have gone on, one thing that we actually do for a lot of businesses now is provide 4G failover. So you have your main internet connection, and as long as that's working great, then everything's good. But in the occasions that that drops off or there's a major outage, then you can fail over to 4G. And 4 G's obviously pretty fast these days. And in some cases, 4G is actually faster than your main internet connection. We've got some customers that are certainly in that situation. But of course, the problem with 4G is that for business services, it's very, very expensive. There's no unlimited... 30 to 40 50 pound services that you could get in a personal service so the the cost is still quite prohibitive for that of course with kind of 5g in the horizon you know that's hopefully going to change and i can see a lot of businesses moving to using the mobile networks as their main internet connection especially if they don't have much alternative options for just good fixed line connectivity the real important thing to take away from internet connections is As you've moved your business to be more reliant on the internet and cloud services, you need to make sure that you are either upgrading or putting some failover services in for your connection, because that is now becoming your weakest link, being able to get high speed access to the services that you need to run your business. So that's very, very important that you take a look at those things. The other thing that I would say and recommend for most businesses is that take a look at lease lines. Dedicated lease lines have traditionally been really, really expensive but the cost of these lines coming down and down and down all the time now. So what used to cost thousands of pounds is now costing, you know, a few hundred pounds instead per month, which of course is still a lot of money for a lot of businesses. But if your business is 100% reliant on the internet connection to run your business, deliver your service or whatever it is that you do, then it may be a small price to pay to ensure that you have a high speed connection and most importantly is that you have the service level agreement if that service goes down typically you should be on a four to eight hour response time for a lease line if there's a problem compare that to using your traditional broadband circuit which could be five days so the difference for your business could be five days of downtime compared to five hours so it's just worthwhile considering what your expectations are if the connection was to go down Now, I did say that this was going to be back to basics today, so the next thing we're going to talk about is phone systems. Now, obviously, phones have been around for a long, long time now, but we still see a lot of businesses who have old, out-of-date phone systems and technology. In the UK, businesses will hang on to a phone system for around about 10 years. It's one of these things that, as long as it works, people don't tend to pay attention to a phone system. But we've also got some upcoming changes to some of the services in the UK that is going to force a lot of businesses to make the change to a more modern system. And that is the ISDN network being switched off. Now, it doesn't really matter for the context of this conversation about what ISDN is and how it works and stuff. You just have to understand that if you have an on-premise phone system and that you actually have the phone switch and server and things on-premise in your business, your chances are... It is using an old ISDN line-based system. And BT control all of that in the UK, and they're actually turning that system off in 2025. So there's going to be a forced migration, I think BTC between April and December in 2025, where you really have no choice but to move away from that service. And I mean the reason is, is ISDN has been around for a long time. It's an old technology, whereas using something like hosted VoIP or voice over IP, which has been around for a long time now, but it's really only in the last kind of five years become a more viable option and a more stable option for a lot of businesses. I think VoIP was done badly by a lot of IT companies like 10 years ago, made a lot of mistakes with it. But now VoIP is here and it's definitely here to stay. So BT aren't gonna invest in maintaining two systems, especially when one is an old technology. Of course, they're gonna invest in the current and modern technology where That's where everything's moving to. So fixed line services have been declining for many, many, many years now. And obviously hosted VoIP services from IT providers have definitely been on the rise. It's cheaper for a start. It's far more flexible to have a hosted VoIP system. It's very easy to change the system, to scale the system up, to scale the system down. You tend to quite often have 30 day contracts or certainly 12 month contracts, no more you know a business is signing up for three and five year telecoms agreements for phone systems you have very very little on-premise hardware to maintain so compare that to the current way of doing things which may be to have an on-premise phone server and phone switch which obviously has to be maintained it has hardware things can fail it has power supplies in it basically all the things that can go wrong with a computer can go wrong with the phone system too but as you move to a VoIP system you have phone handsets or in some cases don't even have phone handsets we have some businesses which are just using what we call a soft phone which is just a piece of software installed on your computer or laptop and you use that with a headset plugged in or you can even use a mobile app and have the phone system on your current smartphone the hardware that you have is a lot cheaper you don't have to invest in it you don't have to maintain it and there's a lot less to go wrong with that hosted voip system and you get access to far far greater features and you tend just to pay a small charge for the number of extensions you have and then off you go so for phone systems if you're not already using a hosted wipe solution then we definitely highly recommend that that's something that you consider before you're forced to make the switch so now the third thing that i want to talk about today is Email. And I know it's 2021 and we're all probably fed up with email, especially in the last year. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly seen a huge rise in the amount of marketing emails that I've been receiving. It kind of dropped down after GDPR came into effect and everyone was worried about getting, you know, fined and things. But certainly the rise in email, I think, has gone through the roof again. And I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about email systems because sometimes we get a lot of People coming to us that are using old or inadequate email systems. Quite often, an email system that was set up by their web developer and it's just using the free email service that comes with their web hosting package. They're not getting things like shared calendars. They're not getting proper synchronization between their devices. They quite often don't understand that the email is actually being downloaded to their device and that there's no copy or backup of it on the server and then no one's bothered to tell them that they now have to make sure that email is backed up locally on their device. So it just causes all sorts of problems, especially in shared mailbox environment. So if you've got an info at or an inquiries at, you know, a support at email address for your business and multiple people are accessing that mailbox from different locations like different devices it makes it real difficult to manage that because it's very difficult to see which emails have been read which emails have been replied to and it is a common problem and we still see it being a problem for a lot of businesses even like i said even in 2021 a lot of businesses are running a less than adequate proper business email solution so what would we recommend well most businesses these days um, are moving to using Microsoft 365 or what was called Office 365, Microsoft, just call Microsoft 365 now. And moving to Microsoft 365 means for a lot of businesses, they've moved from a free email service that, like I said, they've just been given from their web developer or, you know, web hosting company to a service that they now actually have to pay for. But it's not a lot of money for what you actually get, depending on how many of the features you actually make use of. But even for basic email service moving to microsoft 365 makes perfect sense because you're going to get a much larger mailbox you're going to get depending on the service at least a minimum of 50 gig mailbox size whereas some of these free email services i've seen little as 500 megabytes or one gig or two gig if you're lucky because you get what you pay for right so you're not getting a lot of storage space so quite often you can hit that very very easily in terms of how much email you're receiving especially if you're a business that receives a lot of email attachments you can quite easily fill you know a two gig mailbox in less than a year so moving to microsoft 365 is going to give you all these benefits shared calendars full synchronization of your mail across all your devices across multiple users if there's shared mailboxes going on and also which is an important thing is out of office function so you don't get that on a non-microsoft service so out of office as you know you going to go on holiday you set it to turn on at five o'clock on friday get it to turn off 10 o'clock on a sunday night or that's certainly what i do before you come back to work and obviously it sends that automatic reply back to anyone that emails you you can set it internally as well so that any colleagues know that you're off and not to expect an email response so again that sounds like a bit of a given but you'd be surprised at how many businesses actually still operate without having a proper email solution in place. And of course, when it comes to the redundancy and the backup of that, when you're using Microsoft 365, all the email profiles still stored in the server. So for example, when you come to get a new smartphone, get the latest iPhone or Android, you set up your email account, log into it, and all your email just syncs back again. You don't have to worry about moving data across multiple devices and, and all that kind of hassle. It's just they are synced in the cloud. We'll come on to backup and stuff later on when I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more depth. But you know the second point apart from getting the right email solution in place I would really highly recommend that you consider backing up all your email. It's just something that when it comes to backup, people tend to overlook a little bit. But again, I'll talk a little bit more about that in depth kind of later on in the, in the show. So the next central piece of technology your business needs to have in place is somewhere to store your data. Now, this can get really messy very, very quickly. Especially I think in the last 12 months with people working from home and people maybe moving away from being in the office and working on laptops and things, data storage is quite often or can be an, a bit of a nightmare. So what are we talking about when it comes to data storage? Well, any files that are created as part of your business, and that could even be you know saving email attachments, you're still storing a file somewhere. So what do businesses get wrong when it comes to file storage? Well, I think one of the the biggest problems is not actually having some sort of policies or guidance as to where staff should be told where to store data. So quite often it's just left up to the individual. So some people can be very good at storing data and some people can be very bad at it. Most businesses will have a central place where they store their business data. And this could be in various forms. For a small business, it could be. A little NAS, a little network attached storage box, which is plugged into your router or switch in your office. They're very cost effective, can store a lot of data and it's a very easy solution to set up. A lot of businesses have made a transition to the cloud. So implementing things like Microsoft SharePoint, you know, cloud storage of data. And there's still a few businesses that still have on-premise file servers, not so many these days. Most businesses certainly have have made that transition to a cloud service. And then there'll be some businesses which may still be using things like Dropbox, which just always holds me with dread the minute I hear that someone is using Dropbox for storing business data. Yes, it works. Yes, it's cheap. Yes, it's easy to set up. However, it doesn't mean it's the right solution. And certainly when it comes to, you know, backing up that data and being able to access That data in the future, if there's a problem, then that's when you can find yourself in a situation where it's not the ideal solution to have. It's important that you make sure that you have somewhere central to store your data. It's important that all your staff know where that data should be stored, and also that that is the only place that staff store data. So you don't find out that someone's laptop dies and then they put their hand up and say, Oh, actually. I was storing some really important business data on the C drive, and uh, now we're in a data recovery situation because that wasn't being backed up. So, pretty important to get that right, and pretty important that staff follow the procedures for storing data in the right places. The second thing as well is to make sure that you've got the right security and permissions on that data. You know, we've seen examples of businesses where every single member of staff has access to every single piece of data within the company. Of course, you say, well. That's obviously not adequate. You know, you don't want, you know, all employees having access to all your financial data and all your HR records and employment contracts and things like that. So you need to make sure that you have the appropriate permissions so that people can only access the data that they should be accessing. So we're gonna to want to spend some time talking about backup. And you know, quite often they say the, the first rule in, in IT is backup, backup and backup. On that basis, then I think we all agree that Backup is pretty important because if you ever experienced any sort of data loss, even if it's one file or if it's been all of your company data, regardless of the severity of the data loss, it's a horrible situation to be in. So what do we really mean by data backup? Because quite often, you know, when I speak to businesses, everybody will say, yeah, we've got a data backup solution. But most people don't really think of data backup in the right way. They think a copy of our data so we have a copy of our data in some other format and that might be we just copy it manually onto a usb stick that's not very often that we hear that these days most people have some sort of automated routine set up, and it's probably been set up by their it provider and most businesses tend to not really know much about their backup solution you know when you ask them questions they just say well we have a data backup and that's it some of the questions then I would ask are okay, what's your recovery time objective? And what I mean by that is if you go into a data recovery situation, how much time is it going to take to recover your data? What is your objective in terms of time? So, for example, if you're a manufacturing business and we find out that your data recovery, if you had to recover your entire systems so or your data, it's going to take you four days to do that, for example. If you then say, well, actually, that's not really acceptable because four days of downtime would cost us tens and tens of thousands of pounds or millions of pounds. Okay, we say, well, the system you have is not fit for purpose then. So your recovery time objective is, is never going to be what you expect it to be. And if you don't address that now, you're going to wait until something bad happens where you're going to have to recover your data. And only then, when you, once you're in the midst of the recovery situation, are you going to find out that Actually, our backup solution is not fit for purpose, but there's nothing you can do about it at that point, right? And then the next thing to consider is the recovery point objective. So how much data loss are you prepared to suffer? So for example, if your backup is running twice a day, say it runs at midday and it runs at midnight again, you've got a 12-hour window of data loss. Now, depending on your business, how much data would you create and store in a 12-hour window? It could be a lot. It could be very little. So maybe that actually we need to be doing hourly backups because an hour is the maximum amount of data loss that we can sustain because there's not only the data loss, but there's the time that you'd have to spend recreating all the data that you lost. You know, you recover what you can and then you find out what's missing and then you have to redo all that work again. And there's nothing worse than having to redo work, even if it's one word file, having to rewrite something that you've already wrote is just absolutely soul-destroying, not to mention the the loss in new productivity of stuff that you should be doing, rather than to be going back over the stuff that you've done already. So, you know, ensuring that you understand what is the window of data loss and how long it will take to recover your data is vitally important. Now, I did mention earlier in the show, when we're talking about email, about backup and things there. So, quickly kind of address how you should be handling email backup. So, When you're using something like Microsoft 365 and all your emails in the cloud and things, well, how do you easily back that up? The answer is cloud-to-cloud backup. So there's many services out there which will basically integrate and plug into your Office 365 or your Microsoft 365 environment and will back up all your email, calendar, Microsoft Teams and SharePoint data for like a low fixed monthly fee and it'll back that up outside of the Microsoft environment and what's really important to understand here is that Microsoft actually state in the terms of service with Microsoft 365 that you should have an external backup service. and um, Don't rely on the fact that Microsoft have redundancy and things in place. Microsoft are not providing a backup solution as such that will recover your data in the event that you know there's a major incident happens, either with Microsoft or you know a malicious employee deleting things or something like that you still need to have a third-party backup solution that you're in control of that you can ensure that you can recover your data uh, in the event that you need to recover your data. So it's important that you take responsibility for that and not just assume that something else is happening in the background. So the final and sixth piece of essential technology that I feel that all businesses need to have in place to be successful is cybersecurity and this used to be seen as a bit of a luxury a bit of a nice to have but i think it's fair to say that cyber security in some form is an essential now there's no business that can really afford to ignore the cyber risk you know most businesses in the uk have experienced some sort of cyber incident in the last 12 months it is the number one threat to your business, it is even of a higher risk than a fire and can be equally as devastating as having a fire in your business. What do we mean by cybersecurity and how far into the world of cybersecurity do you need to go? Well, it's down to really two things, which is one, how at risk your business is, and that can be dependent on your industry, it can be dependent on who your clients are, it can be dependent on who your work providers are. Cybersecurity. It's something that should definitely be on the agenda to discuss within your business. If you're a bigger company that has a board, should definitely be discussing this at at board meetings. And if you're a smaller company, should be definitely leaning on your IT support company to provide that advice and guidance. For most businesses, the first step into the waters with cybersecurity comes in the form of Cyber Essentials, which is a UK government standard for the minimum expectations for cybersecurity. It's not a legal requirement here in the UK yet but it is asked for on a lot of tender documents and if you're doing work for the governments or the Ministry of Defence, you'll be required to have Cyber Essentials or Cyber Essentials Plus. If you do nothing else in your business, definitely recommend that you check out the Cyber Essentials certification. It is designed to be achievable by all businesses, so whether you're a one-person business or you're a huge national company, the same standard applies and it is definitely achievable by all. That is the best advice I can give on the short time that we have today to talk about cybersecurity. We'll definitely be planning to do a lot more episodes talking on cybersecurity in more depth and on specialist areas within cybersecurity. I'll definitely have some guests joining me for some of those shows to kind of talk about more of the specifics about cybersecurity and how you can help protect your business so all that's left for me to say is a massive thank you to all of you that have supported the launch of the new texas podcast and i hope you enjoyed episode one i'm really excited to start working on future episodes if you've not already followed or subscribed to the podcast on your favorite place to listen to your podcasts whether that's apple podcasts or Spotify, which is my personal choice, then please do so now to make sure that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks very much. Have a great day.